Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. This is our 100th episode. When we started this podcast about two years ago, we really wanted to allow listeners to get to know the artists whose music they've come to to know and love. And we've been blessed over those episodes to get to to know and chop it up with some amazing people. Today's guest is certainly no exception. He is, in a word, a boss. He was the first artist to appear on the show, and we thought it was only fitting to have him back for our 100th episode. His career spans some five decades, and he's just as popular today as he was when he burst onto the scene in the late 80s. He has multiple number one albums and multiple number one singles to his credit. He has toured all over the world for all kinds of folks. He is a multi-platinum, multi-Grammy-nominated saxophonist and flautist and someone we consider a friend. Welcome, Najee, back to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Najee, my brother, thank you for being on today. Thank you, my friends. Good to see you, Carl. How you been? I'm good, man. It's great to see you. It's great to see you. So I got so much I want to chat with you about today because you've had a lot of great things happen since we've last had a chance to get together. I want to start, though, today with kind of a big picture question, like with all you have accomplished, what moves you to keep doing what you do at such a high level? Oh, man, the love. I mean, the yeah. fact that people will still come to my concerts, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Lasted recently for every concert we've done has been sold out. Man. Yeah. But honestly, just the love of it, man. You know, I was saying to somebody the other day that musicians, we don't ever retire. We just can't hear anymore, you know, physically. Yeah. yeah. Hear, so. <laughs> but really, it's the love, man, more than anything. I actually love what I do. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And that's a blessing to be able to do that, do something you love for such a long period of time and do it well for such a long period of time. Well, I couldn't do it without the people and people like yourself who have supported me throughout the 35 years as a solo artist. Yeah. Uh, the associations that I've enjoyed over the years, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, you brought that up. I, you know, with all these episodes that we've done of this podcast, we talk to a lot of artists and you consistently come up as one of the artists that people not just have a reverence and a respect for from a musical standpoint, but as a person. Like, I've had people talk about how you helped them along the way, how you were not selfish with your gifts and your time. And, you know, I I, I can say the same from my perspective. When we met physically for the first time, like, I kind of felt like I had known you, you know, beforehand. And it was just like, you know, yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's like, this is Najee, but you were just a nice man, you know? Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, you know, I come from very humble beginnings. People, I don't know why have this perception of me as though I came from royalty or rich family. I came mm-hmm. from a very came from a very struggling working class family, you know, and, yeah. and growing up in New York City was not easy. You know? yeah. We grew up in the poor section, you know, yeah. you hear us talk about the PJs, the 40 PJs. We lived right up the street from that, 40 projects in Jamaica, Queens, New York. Yeah. You know? So I've dealt, those things keep me grounded, you know. I've never took this thing serious where, okay, you've arrived. No. Yeah. You know? been blessed that's awesome that's awesome so you've had a couple really amazing things happen in your life since we last had you on the show a few months ago you received the presidential lifetime achievement award and you recently started your own record label blue horn creative Mm -hmm. so let's talk about that first i want to talk about that presidential lifetime achievement award that's an immense honor you know i mean well you know you never know who's watching you man yeah But I've been a government servant, if you will, since I was a teenager, since I was 18. My very first world tour was for the USO Mm -hmm. in Europe and Central America and places like that. So, you know, and then later on doing it again as a solo artist, as a, you know, once I had a real career. Yeah. (laughs) I was very shocked to get a call like that and and especially on it, you know. Yeah official governmental record on that level, you know, other than just being a taxpayer, you know? Right, right, right. I mean, because, I mean, there's so many people go through, you know, long careers and don't get a chance to be acknowledged. I mean, you think about the, you know, the leader of the free world and his staff have decided that you are somebody whose life and whose career deserves acknowledgement. That's absolutely huge. Yes. 
But I, I think really, you know, it's an acknowledgement less about the music and more the fact that, you know, I, I've always tried to go back and be in schools and programs with schools with kids and yeah. that kind of supporting education, really. Yeah. I believe in education, you know, and listen, I'm a high school dropout, you know, I dropped out of high school and college, you know, uh-huh. so. I dropped out of college because I couldn't afford to go anywhere. I dropped out of high school because, you know, it just didn't speak to me anymore. Education. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've always wanted to support education because I always believe for us, for anyone, that's the key salvation, you know. Yeah. So no doubt. No doubt. So talk us through what that experience was getting that award. Like, I know you were surprised that your daughter came and, you know, like, just talk us through like kind of where you, how you felt, what that experience, like how you celebrated it. Well, you know, the celebration was the fact that we did it at one of my live concerts in the Washington DC area. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. I was surprised my daughter came, but to be honest with you, I was nervous. Okay. I was, I gave a little speech, but it was really, I hadn't been nervous in a long time. That one made me nervous to actually say, hey, yeah. to all the people and to the president of the United States and vice president as well. And their, 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 their administration for acknowledging, you know, some of the contributions I've made. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, did you get reflective, reflective at all and think back about some of those? I remember last time we talked, you were sharing a story with me about when you got your first big check and, you know, kind of some of your experiences and, and working with Shaka Khan and with your brother and stuff. Did you get nostalgic and for reflecting on that award and all you've been through? Yeah, you know, I do that often. As a matter yeah. of fact, part of my lifestyle, I always recall those times when times were really, really hard. Yeah, you know? yeah. I couldn't see any way out. You know, I couldn't see any way out. And yeah. point, I might have talked this over with you in the past, but how I gave up playing, you know, sold my horns. I mean, yeah. and, and, and thinking I was going to have another career in banking and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know, and as fate would have it, my belief, if it's for you, there's nothing you can do or anyone else can do to yeah, keep it free. that is so true and that's a that you know that's such a great lesson too about you know continuing to follow that inner guide and that inner compass that that you know is there right like it's easy like and, and you're talking about you know like i you know i do a lot of work on the side with young people and i was just having a conversation this morning with someone talking about the most important thing that we can do for our young people to me is twofold one is to love them Two is to introduce them to something that will engage them, right? Because in so doing, then you give them an ability to think about possibilities beyond their current realities, right? You know, and, and they can see things that maybe they didn't before. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because I heard a wise man once say, a wise educator, he said, you know, everything about the human being, education is not so much what you teach people. It's actually pulling out what is already in them. That's a great point. Yeah, you know, and I, that one stuck with me forever, man. I mean, once I heard that, I said, you know, that there's so much truth in that statement because you don't know what's lying inside of a person naturally. Yeah. You, know, you ever see phenomenal musicians, they're kids, and at the age of five, they're able to play a Beethoven concerto or, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. that's something that was in them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just yeah. came out. So if you see that on a mass level for every social situation, it's like you don't know what's inside of a person. You know, yeah. educate that one element that pulls it out, you know. That is so cool. That is so cool. So I, I got to tell you, your latest album, Savoir Fair, has enjoyed a good deal of success, right? And what album, what number album is this for you? I think it's 18. Yeah. When, when that first album came, when that album first came out and the song Dr. Doolittle on it. And I was just like, I, was, I had to ask you, okay, so tell me about one the origin of that song, you know, because I just love the title of it, right? And then the theme and the process behind making Savoir Fair. Yes. Well, you know, uh, I, I say that was a COVID record. You uh-huh. know, during a lot of time to think about and reach out to friends of mine I was I needed to just reconnect with. So in the case of that song, Dr. Doolittle, when I was in college in Boston, there was a there's a gentleman up there. He's a little older than us. And he used to hire me for gigs and playing clubs. Okay. And that songs he would play. He wrote that song. He used to play with, you know, he had written songs with Grover. He had played with Angela Bofield and others. And when we would play that song, that was always a song that people loved to hear from him. So yeah. fast forward 40 years later, I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, I would re- like to really record your song. Huh. And, and he allowed me to take the song and record it. And I actually featured him on piano. On That's like, cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, why don't we take a listen to the title track from... From that project. This is our guest today, Najee, with the song Savoir Faire. Savoir 
All right, everybody. That was a great Najee with his song, Savoir Fair, off of his most recent album. So for those who, of you who don't know, we were fortunate enough to have you grace our Fresh Coast stage, Fresh Coast Jazz stage about a year ago this time. And to say that you thrilled the crowd would be an understatement, man. Like, I remember after the show, like, we had never had a line as long for people waiting to get your autograph, man. It was out the, it was all the way through the room, out the door, down the hallway, man. And I still have people talking about, you know, man, that Najee show was something else. You know, you also shared with me then that you had found that you had some familial connection in the area. So, Tell us about that experience and that connection. Well, you know, my my father was born not too far from there in a place called Alden, Illinois. Mm -hmm. But their connection was, which is very close to the Wisconsin border. I just found all of this stuff out five years ago. So I came to play your concert. I decided to rent a car and drive down to that area where they're actually my grandparents and great grandparents on my father's side are buried. And okay. all the, so they're all there in a small graveyard there um, in that area of Alden, Illinois, which is close to Wisconsin. And yeah. Was, I, I hate to say it, meeting my lineage on that side, of course, they're all were, were gone before I was born. But yeah. uh, they occupy something like 15 graves there, you know. Wow. So, yeah, wow. I've been back twice. Went to actually go back and actually clean the headstones because okay. I don't have family that's alive to go and do that. And I said, you know what? Let me go back here and that's cool. Games and all that kind of stuff. So quite an interesting day for me. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And I uh, I remember when you you took a trip to America's Black Holocaust Museum. When you were here and when you opened up your show, you and your band did your version of live, lift every voice and sing. And I got to tell you, man, that was just something I still I still remember that. And that still kind of gave us like, wow, this is cool. That kind of gave me chills, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah. So you recently started your own record label, Blue Horn Creative. Yes, sir. Tell us about I- that. Like, you know, what what made you decide to do that? Well, you know, uh, the way the industry is at this time, the metrics have changed. Everything mm-hmm. is about social media and all that. And uh, just the way commerce is generated now, yeah. it's no longer necessary to have a big label to do these things. You mm-hmm. know, they, in a lot of cases, not all, but in some cases, you know, you get into situations where they're getting most of the money and the artist is still struggling. You yeah. know, Virtually, that hasn't been my, my, my reality, but I see it on a daily basis. So, Long story short, I wanted to create a format that would introduce some new artists. Right now, our first artist is doing very well, Ellis Hamilton, Mm -hmm. who's a great jazz saxophonist. I've mentored him since he was 13. He's now 22 years old, and we released his first single, and it was, as of last week, I think it was number two most added. Wow. Yeah, so he's doing extremely well. That's great. Of course, you know, I eventually will release myself on that label as well. Yeah, yeah. Are there, with Ellis being your first artist, clearly you're off to... A great start. And what was it about Ellis that made you say, hey, I want to sign this young man to my label? You know, when I met him, I was introduced to him by a mutual friend and he came to me. He could play saxophone. You know, he was probably he was 13 at the time. Wow. He tried to impress me by playing all the stuff he heard me play. You know, I was like, yeah, man, that's great. But you know what? you got to spend some time understanding the fundamentals of music. Uh-huh. you got to know what scales, are, what, what scales are, you know, in every key, you know, every scale there is to know in jazz. And he took it to heart. So fast forward years later, when it was time to go to college, he got a, I called up Terry Lynn Carrington, who was the head of admissions at Berkeley School of Music. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, of course. Terry, you got to hear this kid. I mean, you got to hear him. He's, he's really amazing. And by this time he had progressed so well, huh. I was confident to bring it to her. And she said, well, Najee, I don't know what to tell you because we get a lot of students, man. And, you know, yeah. uh, you know, everybody and, you know, everybody can play. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. But you got to hear this kid. Yeah. Well, she took to listen to him. He ended up getting a full ride to the Berkeley School of Music for four wow. years. Graduated with honors. And then um, so now he's reached that time in his life where it's time for the world to hear him. Yeah. Shows, and every time he comes and steps in on the show, man, he's he tears that audience up. I mean, standing ovation. At the <laughs> he's like lightning in a bottle. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I can't wait for him to come and play for you, man. Yeah. Gonna, he's gonna, your audience is going to love him. You know? uh, we look forward to that. We look forward to that. So. What other type is your, are you going to focus on jazz with your label? Are you going to be really agnostic of genre or? I'm going to do things that I understand and I know will work. Yeah. You know, the, I don't want to be signing artists and frustrating them with, with going into areas that we're not prepared to meet. 
You know, mm-hmm. so if I think an artist should be with a pop label, I'm not going to sign them to me because yeah. we don't. We, I have to be honest, we don't have the resources to bring that to that level of the game. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They deserve better if they can get it. So, you know, right now we're just in primary in the area that we understand, which is jazz, smooth jazz, of course, maybe some yeah. art. Okay. Uh, you know, us with R&B, you know, it's hard to promote records in R&B without a, a deep, deep, deep pocket, you know, right, right, if it makes right. sense that then we'll, we'll do it. You know, yeah. So. so with your, I, I'm hearing some of it, but I got to believe that there are a lot of lessons that you have learned over the years from your experiences with record labels and, and in the industry that, you know, you want to make sure that your label is either doing the good things or not doing some of the not so good things. Yeah. Well, I think I take I take a lesson. Some of the lessons I've learned. Uh, I'm not into the slave contract thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal is to educate the artist to be self sufficient. Yeah. You know. So I don't see the label as being the end all for me. I see it being a vehicle for for two things. One is to promote my own career and yeah. benefit from all the commerce that I've developed for other labels. I can now develop for myself and yeah. my family. But at artists that sign on like an Ellis, I mean, we talk. And I tell them, listen, man, I'm going to teach you how to do this on your own. I here to help me build a label for me because number one, I don't need to be a label. Yeah. Two, you know, if it's not fun, it's not it's not worth it to me. And number two, you have to be able to stand on your own at some point and be able to develop commerce on your own. And yeah. I'm how it's done. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, really, uh, it's an outlet. I need to put that statement on a, on a website too. We just started, yeah. but really, it's about empowering the artist because I learned from Prince touring with him. I didn't. I did not become an independent artist until after I toured with him for three yeah. years. He was, as you know, you know the story. He was yeah. adamant artists should own the rights to their material and and what the record labels are making and yeah. that's criminal. You know. Yeah. So the difference is with me. You know, I expect that artist to move on eventually. You know, yeah, I yeah. develop their commerce. You know, we'll probably provide the outlet for you to start, but at some point you have to lift off and fly the coop. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, that's cool. That's cool. I my my background, my career was in, in marketing. I owned an ad agency for a while, and I teach MBA students marketing classes, right? And I do this case study with my MBA students on Apple and how Apple revolutionized the music industry, right? I would love to hear from your perspective as an artist how commerce has changed and what's what's good about what goes on now and what's the most what's more challenging about how things are today versus how things were before Apple really kind of came in and changed the music industry for people like me who consume music. But it had an adverse, I think, in some ways effect on artists. That's a great point. That is absolutely true. Apple did change the game, but not necessarily for the benefit of the artist at all. Mm-hmm. And quite honest, we have to go back beyond Apple to Napster when they started, when yeah. digital technology came and they were able to give away the product for free. And basically the labels fell asleep on it. You mm-hmm. know, and the reason why we no longer have retail, you know, where you can go in the store and buy records and sell yeah. what is being heard or whatever you desire. It's because of at that period of time in the late 90s, in the mid to late 90s, when Napster came along, you know, Apple just figured out a way, well, how can we monetize what they mm-hmm. are? And that's what they did, you know? Yeah, yeah. Fortunately for the artists, the deals that were cut were not good deals. Yeah. Not good deals at all. I mean, our royalties from Apple, I'll give you an example. Google, you know how long I've been in the game, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Google check was like, I think it was something like 75 cents. <laughs> a, a check for 75 cents? Hilarious, man. I I went to pick it up at my mailbox and I opened it up and I'm saying, now, why would they send me this? Yeah. I mean, the actual mailing of the check. Right. Then why are you sending me this? Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. You know, absolutely ridiculous. So how has it forced you to change the way you operate? Because, I mean, you're like, I think a lot of people don't understand, like you guys are certainly world class musicians, but you guys got to be really shrewd and good business people, too. Yeah, well, number one, and I always tell students this, ethics is very important. So you pay your bills, you know, yeah. don't, don't cheat people out of what they're owed, you know. Yep. So business practices are very important, you know, being ethical. But to earn money, you can't depend on just one stream of income anymore. You mm-hmm. know, streaming is part of it. If you're able to tour, that's part of it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. placing your money in good places that earn money. You know, you've been in marketing, you understand. Yeah. 
you, you put your money where you get some returns, you know. So being diverse and understanding some basic principles of, of business. I mean, you know, it can be a complex thing to understand, you know, how stock markets move and all that. Yeah. But learn the basics of how economics work and pay your taxes. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's always tragic when you hear these stories about, you know, obviously the one that comes to mind right away is Ronald Isley, unfortunately. You know, you hear these stories about these artists who have made such amazing careers and then like Uncle Sam going to get his, you know, he's going to get his. In America, which is both a blessing and a curse because you could be in a country where it doesn't really make sense for you. But, you know, the blessing is the curse is the government is your partner. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Well, why don't we take a listen to that young man that you have recently signed to your label? How about we listen to Ellis's song, My Heart to Yours, on your Blue Horn creative label? Yes, thank you. Awesome.
All right, everybody. We just heard My Heart to Yours by Ellis Hamilton on Najee's new Blue Horn creative label. So does the label signal at all a change in your career aspirations at all? Like, are you like I, when it came to mind, I thought, oh, my guy going to be like puffy them now. He going you know, you going to sit back and you going to be the mogul now, the, not just the music superstar, but the mogul, too. So, <laughs> you know, honestly, I haven't released myself yet on it, but I think the goal is really to be able to have more control of what I do. A lot of the commerce will come back our way, you know. Yeah, I'm not, and my goal is not to be a mogul in that sense, really to provide a, a vehicle for liquid. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The aspect of my career. And uh, and that, that's pretty much it, man. I have no desires to be a puffy. And, you know, we're dealing with a whole different level of commerce than he's dealing with, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we believe in managing what we can handle, you know, rather than being greedy. You know, I'm not saying yeah. about the opportunity, but You're right. opportunity makes sense, you know, I'm not. I'm not in the game to lose, you know what I mean? So I've had businesses, I've had a business where I manufactured saxophones, my own line of saxophones. And huh, I yeah, didn't know we, that. Uh, okay. I don't have any behind me, but yeah, some the Najee Platinum series that we started a company called Chase of Winds. And then all of a sudden, you know, COVID came. Yeah, you know, yeah. Old model instruments, but we had to import them from China. That was very hard to do. You know, I had to eventually just shut down the business so I wouldn't lose any friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taking the money. Yeah, deliver. I couldn't do have that kind of pressure in my world, you know. So yeah, yeah. Well, you right. You but you make a really good point about operating a business, and that is, you know, like you said, you know, when we first started talking about the label, you were talking about you're going to do things that you're that you know, right? It's funny you brought that up. Not to cut you off, but you know, Warren Buffett. I really like Warren Buffett. You know, the head of Berkshire Hathaway. One of the most brilliant business people in our country. But he, there's one thing he said when he does investments, he doesn't invest. You know, he said, well, how do you stay being a billionaire for so many years and being the richest man in America and all blah, blah, blah. And he said, I don't engage myself in things I don't understand. I understand Coca-Cola. I understand Levi Jeans. I understand McDonald's. You know what I mean? He said, so I understand, you know, things that are, and that hit home for me, you know? So uh, that's pretty much what I, to me, the key to success is building based on what you understand. Don't go into gray areas, you know, because gray, you know, <laughs> will drown you, you know? So. Yeah. I tell you, it is important to to hear wisdom like that. And I got to share with you, the first time we, when we had you on the show the last time, you said a couple of things that really have stuck with me some two years later. And I have said those things to repeatedly to people. One thing you said was that, just because someone else is winning doesn't mean I'm losing, you know? And another thing you said was that you have learned in life to work with people you like. That's right. That's very true. I cannot tell you how many times since we had that conversation, those thoughts have come into my head or I have used those those exact same words, you know? I'm honored, man, because, you know, I really admire your intelligence. You know that. So, Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, I, you know, I, I think back about, you know, that's the same thing with, like, well, a lot of people don't know this, but a big part of your business is a family enterprise, right? Your brother Fareed is your manager. That's your right. sister Dahlia works in your management team as well. Oh, yeah. And that's that point about working with people that you like, right? There's got to be there a trust factor. Exactly. You know, there's a knowledge factor on all sides. They know you, you know them, you know who's going to zig and zag about what issue and stuff. And, you know, we have our fights every now and then. Nothing tragic, but, you know, we... We have our disagreements, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't ever doubt their love or their commitment. I mean, there are family members in my family that I would never put in that position. They're, they're a whole nother mentality. But those two people you mentioned, man, I sleep very well at night knowing they, that I can go to sleep and they'll guide the ship where it's supposed to go. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I didn't know Dahlia was your sister and we were working on something together one day and. She said to me, Carl, you don't, you didn't know I was Najee's sister. And I said, no, I just thought you were a trusted member of his team. And she just starts chuckling. And I'm like, I just had no clue because, you know, the thing I dug about both Fareed and Dahlia and working with them is like, they're, they've always been both consummate professionals in what they do, you know? And if you didn't know that you guys were related, you wouldn't know. If it didn't, if you didn't somehow find that out, you wouldn't know because they've just been about their business. And that's a really important thing when you're trying to, when you're trying to be a professional and you're trying to make things happen. Yes, absolutely. So with all that you've accomplished and experienced, what advice, Najee, would you give your 13-year-old self about life? Oh, 
That's a good one. I think whatever it is you choose to do is going to come with struggle. But it's through the struggles that you find your gift, you know, your your treasure. You know, and I always tell young people, listen, just because you think you failed at something, don't consider it a failure. Because it's through those failures. Without those failures, you can't achieve success at all. Yeah. Many times in my life, you know, oh, I'll tell you an excellent interview to watch it for young people is either Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. You might have seen these. Mm-hmm. Uh, in there, Michael, one in Michael's portion, he said, you know, I've had more failures than I've had success. Mm-hmm. But it was through the failures that I became successful that when the success came, the success was so huge that then the failures began to make sense. You know, yeah, you know wow. and that, that was a very powerful statement to say, because, you know, that just told you how life is. I mean, reality is if you don't struggle to it through anything, you're not going to benefit, you know, which is why I always tell boys, listen, leave your mama's house. OK, yeah, yeah, because you can, yeah. man, you know, mama could be there forever. Yes. A man goes through struggles. He can never be a man. You know, yeah. the way life is, you know, so, you know, uh, there's a saying that women raise their daughters and love their sons. And uh-huh. not that they castrate their sons, you know, because mm-hmm. they love them so much, you know. But I think honestly, I tell young people, listen, have the drive, but don't don't look for the. It's nice when you are successful and you're struggling, and then people will show up because people will pay for success. They yeah, will. yeah, you know, yeah. This case, not to talk too much, but in Ellis's no, case, no, worked so hard, became he got the full ride to Berkeley, and then when he got into Berkeley, the amazing things started to show up. There was a couple out of San Diego, and all they do is they help students, they choose students who are excelling in their field, uh-huh. pay them to just succeed in their field. So they, so far, wow. in case, I went to this event at the Smithsonian, you know, all the students they had chosen for that year, uh-huh. I went to all of them while he was in college. And at the Smithsonian, they held this big event where they acknowledged the students and they gave them checks. They gave him a check, you know. And so this kid was getting $500 a month with the stipulation that all he had to do was keep his grade average at a certain point sure that he didn't spend that $500 a month on anything with school. It was yeah. only for fun. Just to okay. have- <laughs> wow. you kept up your grades. They wanted to see photos of you having fun every month. You know, you being out with your friends, you know, doing some good things to release stress. And then at That's Christmas, cool. it gets even better. At Christmas time, they'd send them an extra $1,000 just for Christmas. Wow. See, that's what education does. That's what yeah. into your trade does. People will pay you for success. You know? Yeah. And yeah. 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 You get scholarships when you when you do the right thing in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But that's such a cool story. And that's such a cool message for young people, too. And, that, you know, and like I think it helps them to understand, too, the value of themselves and the value of their gifts. Right. Exactly right. You know, like I, I hate to see people, you know, I've, I've, I've met so many people, whether they're starting businesses or whatnot, and they sometimes don't value what they do. You know, I had a I had a young lady who wanted to do photography for our festival. Right. And I got multiple quotes and she was expensive, more expensive than the other person. But she wanted to lower her prices for me. I said, don't lower your prices. Right. Because mm-hmm. you've explained to me why. And I and I understood why you charge what you charge. So don't lower your prices. You know, understand the value that you bring to the table. That's right. You know, and that's a great lesson. That's such a great lesson for our young people. So is there anything, Najee, that you haven't done in your career that you're looking forward to doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've become less of a planner in my elder years, if you want to call them that, because I learned that. You know, the funny thing about life is you can never change what you've done in the past. Yeah. Only, you know, of course you make a plan, you know, but really you just become resolved in doing the best you can at where you are. And then the future just simply reveals itself. You know, you're doing the right thing and you're trying to do good, you know, and I believe in that, that quote that Muhammad Ali said, you know, he said that service to others is the rent you pay for your room in heaven. Hmm. Hmm. That's a great one. Hadn't heard that before believe in the reality of human interaction is based on transaction you know uh-huh. how you interact with people how you treat them you know so yeah fortunately for me coming from a poor community in new york city you know i can't look down at the woman or the man that's on the corner asking yeah. for dollars because that could have been you you know right 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 so you know i'll sit there and just sometimes you give them a few dollars but just the fact that you'll take a time a moment to just offer them some kind word you know say yeah hey, 
Are you doing good? Yeah, yeah. You know, you make sure you take care of yourself. Here's a few dollars, you know? Yeah, yeah. To them, then, you know, you know, people just riding by and acting like they don't exist, man. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to get so propositorial, but... Uh, no, but you know what, though? It's an important thing, and it's an important part of, of why you are who you are, right? Like, I, I had a similar conversation with someone not that long ago, and they uh, they were about their point was about, well, if I give somebody money, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Well, you know what? I'm not supposed to know, you know? If I've been blessed to be a blessing, then I can just be a blessing and, you know, wish them well and move and let them move on and me move on. But I can say, you know what? I feel in my heart to help this person. I'm going to help this person. I don't have to know all their business to do that. Right. And you know what, man? You won't hire them. Who's going to hire that person? That person there, they, you can just, obviously they don't have any way to live. Who right. I mean, that's between them and God, you know? Right. You got a right. blessing for just having sensitivity and care and empathy for something. You yeah. Know? So true. So true. So you have fans worldwide and you have people who have followed you. Like I've, you know, we've had you at our show. I was at a show that you did back in May and at the Ostoff Resort in Wisconsin. And I've seen you know, a lot of the people that were at that show in May were at our show a little a, a few months ago. The people that have followed you for a long, long time. For those fans that know you and that have been following your career, what is something that you would say they would probably be surprised to learn about you? Oh, I don't know. You know, I'm a simple guy, man. I mean, uh-huh. oh, I listen. Coming home for me is the, one of the best things. You know, I enjoy, still enjoy aviation. I mean, that's uh-huh. my first love. I went to high school to become a pilot. You know, yeah. Uh, so I, I have. You can't see, but in, in another part of the house here, I have a whole flight sim thing set up you know okay and, so you know and that's pretty much it man i mean i'm at the stage i got grandchildren now so they're going to be coming down here and i got a you know <laughs> disney and universal and you know but that for me is great because you know i have a great time with them and then i send them home yeah 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 so so let's dig into the pilot side of you a little bit man so how much like like your flight simulator Tell us a little bit about, does it allow you to try different airplanes, different scenarios and, and airports and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. That, that's where you can buy the basic program from Lockheed Martin. Microsoft Simulator is very good as well. But now they, they have gotten to the point where they Google Earth is a part of it. So you get all, so whatever the Mil- Milwaukee's airport, AIMKE, you have the exact airport as it is in Milwaukee. You have all the the buildings and all the, you know, the lake there, you know, Lake Michigan. And, you know, so you go to Chicago O'Hare, ORD, or you go to Chicago Midway. It's the exact airport. Now, add on the scenery. There are companies to make the actual scenery of the airport. So it's, you get a basic program at the airport in the basic program. of you, You'll see the actual airport. But then you can get scenery to actually give you the airport exactly as it looks. So when you land. Whatever airport you desire to take off the land from, it looks exactly as if you were at MKE or you know, that can get expensive because, you know, every program you like 20 bucks every time you say, oh, well, I want to fly to Chicago to look like it looks in Chicago. Well, you can download the for a fee. You can download ORD and you have the exact, <laughs> you know, so so if you want to download LAX, you know, San Francisco, you know, anywhere in the world, it'll have do that you know that's pretty cool how much time do you get to enjoy that you know that part of your life that clearly brings you some joy and happiness well you know what i do it when i'm stressed and i have time time lately but yeah and also you know you can download all the aircraft so all the current aircraft you can download for each and every airline so if i want to fly united 737-900 i just Uh download the what they call the livery Uh uh-huh And you can fly into Chicago Air and be at United Terminal and all the baggage handlers and all that stuff. The actual operations is if you're flying the real thing, fly your flight plan, file your flight plan and fall in line with air traffic control, you know. Okay. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. That sounds like fun. It sounds like, though, like it sounds like it's probably fun. And, you know, I suppose keeping your skills up is a little of work, too, though. Right. You know what? It's for me, it's a stress release. And the beautiful thing is if it don't work out on a particular flight, because you can set up emergencies, too. OK. You know, so you fly at 737 United and all of a sudden the hydraulics go out. Now you got to figure out where to land, how to land. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, if it don't work out, you can walk away from it. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. That's a good point. That's a good point. So when you do get, give yourself an opportunity to take some time to enjoy yourself, do you have like a favorite vacation spot or favorite things you love to do when it's downtime for you? Or 
You know, I travel so much, to be honest with you. I'm yeah. If I go to some place, I'm scheduled to go to Israel and Egypt next year. Okay. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm going on a Dave Koz cruise with him. Okay. So, uh, I plan to take, you know, that's going to be an amazing experience because you're on the boat and you're going from these ports. And, you know, these are places I haven't been. I haven't been to Egypt. I haven't been yeah. to, you know, for me, I, I take it that way because I'm not yeah. going to go to a vacation spot and sit on the beach all day. I'm just not him. Okay. Okay. Put me in Amsterdam where I could walk around. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And that, well, that's going to be fun too. Yeah, those are places I've never been to Egypt or Israel too, but there's a lot of history there. So that's going to be, that's going to be fun. You get the best of both worlds. You get to do what you love doing and then get to explore a little bit too. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. So another question for you about that time, like favorite time of year. Like I know you, you're down in Florida, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. So y'all get hot and hotter and up here in Wisconsin, we get snow and, Somewhat warm and then more snow. <laughs> so you say that, but I've met some snowbirds, what we call snowbirds down yeah. here from Wisconsin and Illinois, you know, and some of the northern. Yeah. You get a lot of snowbirds here. Yeah. But generally, for me, I think when Thanksgiving comes around. Yeah. That time of the year through the Christmas season up until January. Uh huh. I love it. I love that time yeah. of the year. The weather is very mild. It's very nice. It's not too hot. It never gets really cold. Yeah. Just beautiful, man. And, you know, I live near a wildlife area. So, okay. So you can, you know, and one thing about Florida is a lot of lakes. And yeah. You, you get alligators occasionally showing up on the property, but this, okay. you know, as long as you don't go near them and try to engage them, they, you, you, there's no danger, you know? Yeah. 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 On social media, I took a picture of a wild boar who happened to be running past my house. Oh, wow. That's the kind of stuff you see in this area, you know, but uh, I love Florida. I think it's a beautiful state and I've been fortunate to live in California and Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Of course, grew up in New York City. I've lived in Louisiana for a short time. Okay. For me, at this stage of my life, Florida answers all my needs as a, you know, environment. So. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now, I can imagine being in Florida, like when it gets to be that holiday time of year, is everybody trying to get to your house? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to get to other people's house so I can eat. There you go. There you go. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, that's my favorite time of the year, too. We um, my wife, we host Thanksgiving at our house every year for about 20 family members. Right. And my wife is quite the foodie. I remember we moved into our current home about six years ago. We moved in. The the movers left at midnight on the Saturday before. Well, Sunday morning before Thanksgiving. We had boxes everywhere. And my wife refused to not host Thanksgiving. I'm like, baby, everybody knows we just moved. We don't have to host this year. And she like, she, I stay out the kitchen. That's her domain, right? She did everything, put everything away, and hosted Thanksgiving still for all those people that day. And I was like, man, you amaze me. You amaze me. But that's our time of the year, too. I love that time of the year. Hey, man, because, you know, people are at their best behavior, hopefully, you know. Not my family. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Every year when you go through that, you just never know if this is the last time, you know, we always do a photo and, you know, this past year we lost one of our nieces who passed away. She was only 23 years old. Sorry for your loss. You know, and uh, we had just gotten together and taken this group photo of everybody. And, you know, it's like that. What is that movie? Back to the Future. You just see Mm -hmm. out of the photo, man, you know, and Mm -hmm. you you know, that time of the year, we can make it happen. I say make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, that that makes me think, too, about just, you know, the importance of like, I know as I get older, one of the things I realize is that the most valuable commodity I have is time, you know, like the money, the car, the home, like, that's okay, that's cool. But time is what's really important, you know, for you at this stage of your career, what's what's most important for you in this journey that you've been on and building this career and doing all these other things? What's most important for you? Well, I think I agree with you. I think time, really, you know, and trying to be resolute with things, decisions you made when you were coming up, you know, and, uh, you know, you can't change the past about some things, you know, if you could go back and have a do over, you say to yourself, well, you know, if I had that opportunity once mm-hmm. or this or that, probably not. But at the same time, you know, I'm blessed to be in the position I am. And uh, and listen, like they say, you and I are in the fourth quarter of the game, man. So yeah, yeah. 
whatever outstanding sticky relationships you have with people who you love, you go back and you try to repair that if you can, you know, mm-hmm. and, and actually, at least I've been doing that, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't love, I love everybody in my family, but I don't necessarily like everybody in my family. Right, 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 right. That's family though, right? And you know, all this stuff that we got, look, man, it ain't going in that little six foot box they're going to put you and I in, you know, it's just not going to happen, you know, it's going to be exactly right. benefit from and it's like yeah. a benefit to them or a burden, you know? So I'm going to enjoy what I've earned and help those I can help. And look, you know, when it's my time come, I don't want to have any regrets, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, man, look, I, I would say this. You have, you know, so far, and you got plenty of time left, you have done a lot to to in, uplift and enlighten and provide some, just some joy to people through your career and through your music, man. And we got time for one more song. And I got to tell you, I was so happy when you redid this song. It's that that Maxwell tune, Something Something. How about we listen to that one? Yes. Thank you. All right.
All right, but that was Najee with his remake of the Maxwell song "Something Something." So, what you mentioned a little, you mentioned a little bit about what else you got going on, but I want to touch on two more things. But one, you know, you're you go through evolutions with your band, right? Uh, from time to time, like, is that what makes you decide to make a change? There is it because new projects and new music are requiring a new feel, a new sound, a new configuration. Is it that, you know, you're continuing to evolve or looking for adding something new? What makes you go through those types of evolutions? A little bit of all of that, I think, also is providing the people with a, with an experience that they'll talk about and back and see. And if you are blessed to be invited to come back, they, they're they not seeing something they've already seen. I mean, there's a delicate balance because there are certain songs I can't get around. What I find... You know, when we play the stuff that they might have heard on radio recently, they'd be like, cool, and they'll, they'll be patient and tolerant through that. But they still want to hear all the classics, you know, from, hey, bet you don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have to find a creative way to create an experience where we get all that stuff in this house, but at the same time, make it entertaining enough that they go away saying, you know what? That was a great show. He come back. I want to see him again. Well, you need to go see him when he comes back, you know? Yeah. I'm somewhat popular in what I do, but I'm not that popular that all of the world knows me, you know, so that's really the goal. And then I find musicians like like we said earlier that I love and enjoy working with. They always I've been blessed lately to get musicians that some of the stuff they end up doing extra. I could never pay for, you know, what I mean, you can get guys going back to what we said earlier about getting people you like. You know, you can pay two people the exact same amount of money and one is going to come with the spirit of, you know, you ain't paying me to do that. You know, yeah. with the spirit, I'm going to do all I can to make this experience because they can see themselves, themselves in it. And I'm just blessed to have those kind of people around me now, you know. Yeah, that's cool. I had a, produ- a conversation with Paul Brown, the, the smooth jazz producer, and he was telling me a story about conversation he had with his son who was getting into the production side of music and getting out on the road with him and some other artists. And he told his son, he said, doesn't matter how much you're getting paid for the big gig. If you're getting paid a hundred bucks or you're getting paid a thousand bucks, you got to make sure you're giving the exact same effort all the time. And that's so true, right? Totally agree. I totally yeah, agree. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like people, you know, people. Next guy, when you come with that mentality of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've learned too that it's a, you know, particularly in the music industry, it's a small circle, you yeah. know, like, you know, and people know, like, you know, like people know, like, like you talked about paying your bills, right? Like, like I'm a stickler about like when we have a contract with an artist, right. okay, if I told you 60 days out, you yeah. need to have your money in hand 60 days out, right? Yeah. Yes, because sir. you don't want to build the, re- you don't want to build that kind of reputation. Well, this cat don't, doesn't honor what he says he's going to do, or he's just hard to work with. Right. You know, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. We've dealt with promoters, as you can imagine. We we've dealt with people like that, and we call it the "don't mess with" list. You know, some people yeah. are like, "No, we're not messing with him because he's just they, they yeah." Guys in their short term thinking that people have long term memories. You know, exactly. Uh, and, and but I have to say, it's always an honor and a pleasure to work with you, my friend, because we, you know, I, I look forward to coming back at some point. You know, so. oh, we're definitely gonna have you back. That's a no brainer for us because. Not only, you know, did we enjoy having you here, just and I, me and my wife and fa- our family and our team personally, but man, everybody just in so like they were so happy that you were in Milwaukee because it had been a while yes, since you had been Milwaukee in this area, and everybody just so enjoyed, you know, what you gave us, man. So we will definitely have you back in the, in the not too distant future, man. Thank so, you so much. Absolutely. So what? Tell our listeners what the rest of this year is is holding for you, man. Well, we we're finishing out the year. We go back on the road in two days. Well, in about five days, we had we start. Okay. Famous Aretha Franklin Amphitheater, and then oh yeah, San Antonio, Las Vegas, L.A., and then we're we're pretty much out the rest of the year. You know, it's okay. Well, in October, then we got Mexico and a few other places. I'll be doing something in. I I go to Rio de Janeiro in October to do a concert down there. Okay. Brazilian Brazilian musicians I've I've been working with off and on down there. And then we end out the end of the year and then we start back up in 2024. So Yeah. Awesome. Tell me a little bit more about what because I know a couple years ago you went down or a year ago, something like that. You were down in Brazil for a little while. Tell me a little bit more about what you're doing there, because I you know, that's that's cool. Yeah. Well, I I went down, I was invited to come down to be the American artist that on the project they were doing down there called Bassa. Noiches, which means bossa, hmm. 
lots of nights in Portuguese, uh, okay. Brazilian Portuguese. And it turned into a concert that we did down there and also uh, the recording of a CD and live DVD, which is being negotiated worldwide. Wow. Working with some of the famous jazz musicians down there and got to get some recording out of it for the next project I'm doing. So that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Well, man, it is always a pleasure to spend time with you. It is, you know, I, I appreciate your your spirit, your candor, your friendship, and your ability to just just keep it real. That's one of the things I love about you, man, is that you just keep it real. Yeah, same thing with you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we wish you continued success, man, and thank you again for celebrating with us our 100th episode, man. Congratulations on that, by the way, too. So thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, we want to let you know tickets are selling fast for the 2023 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival featuring Larry Carlton, Paul Brown, Julian Vaughn, Rick Braun, Lindsey Webster, Lynn Roundtree, Ali Silk, and Jeff Ryan, along with Hometown All-Stars Cosmic Endeavors. Fresh Coast Cruise tickets are already sold out, and we have a few VIP tickets remaining, so go to FreshCoastJazz.com and get your seats today. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, FreshCoastJazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. 